The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lily. Some people say I'm too much, but she's just starting. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental, and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can take you down. Amanda Agosti. Some Amandas are tech spots, but this Amanda is as real as it gets. Ade Ade Dokun. It may look like I'm stirring the pot, but actually I'm just smoking it. Paula Bretrude. If you think I'm a bitch, you're probably right, and you probably deserved it. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets, and I get it all. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back, and also by unsolicited opinion. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Hadil Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Srinidhi Subramaniam. I have four degrees, eight syllables, and zero Fs to give. Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shade. Brianna Tooney. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm, because I'm nobody's fool. And finally, Beth The secret to my success is staying out of your BS. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Do you hear anything about the Salt Lake City reunion? So, okay, so I have been in a bubble for the past three or four days. I have zero knowledge of what's happening in Salt Lake City, what's happening in Miami, in Orange County, in Ukraine, in Russia. I have zero <laughs> knowledge of anything. <laughs> I, have, I have been okay. in a bubble, so you have to, you might even have to reorient me to the... To the <laughs> There once was a man named Andy Cohen. <laughs> hey, happy International Women's Day, although yours already I, passed. I know. Yes, thank you. It didn't make any, much of a difference. Somebody sent me a meme that's saying, everybody's talking about empowering the women, but who is preparing the men for all the empowered women? And I'm like, that's not our problem. <laughs> dumb fucking meme. Excuse me? Who's holding the men's hand as women get stronger? (laughs) What? This is the meme that is going around in India. You know that a man sent it around, right? 100%. Or a mother-in-law. Yeah, a mother-in-law or a man sent it around. This is just another way of making sure the women are never empowered. (laughs) Like, get empowered, but make sure that you prepare your husband for what you do. Your husband and your sons and everybody to be empowered. Why are you putting their work on us? Like, aren't we already overworked? Why is that our job, too? Oh, my gosh. Uh, today at work, this little kid, I call him little kid because I just assume he's young. He might be older than me. But the way he talks on calls, I'm like, are you 12? 
<laughs> do you work? <laughs> no. So he sent me, he sent me like a little happy Women's Day gift, and yeah. I completely ignored it. And I wanted to be like, please don't ever ping me ever again. <laughs> he was like, appreciate all you do, and I was oh. like, I'm ignoring this. <laughs> this is. I was like, why does this feel inappropriate work? Like, leave me alone. <laughs> Like, are you even, like, close to him or? No. I talk to him once a month for 10 minutes. And a majority of that time is me spent explaining to him how to use Microsoft Project. Maybe that's his way of saying thank you. Or maybe that's his, you know, he went through his list of women, his binder full of women, and decided (laughs) to send that little note. To all of them. So stupid. To cover all his bases in case something happens and you decide to fire him or something. <laughs> yeah, I wished you on women's women's day. How could you fire me? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so listen, I'm not gonna lie, the content of today's episode, mm-hmm. it's not so empowering for us women. Oh man. Because on Summer House, two women are fighting over Austin Kroll. Ew. <laughs> We're really setting us back. <laughs> Fighting over Austin Kroll. Do you think that he, they find him attractive because of his handle is the Kroll King or something like that? I have no idea. I think it's just like do tall they, do men. Do they think he's like a Marvel superhero? <laughs> no, like, I what? don't know what his superpower would be. His fat Grabbing tongue. His dick. Grabbing his dick. <laughs> I don't think his dick is that big. No, nobody said it's big. I didn't say big. I said grabbing it. Oh, grabbing his dick. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That got cut out. Yeah. So I want to talk about Summer House first because it was just so silly. It was like silly and ridiculous. Why is he here? Why is he even here? Who invited him? What is happening? Well, that's a great question. Yeah. This episode of Summer House. So I don't know if you've noticed, but like they've been doing these like theme nights yeah. on Summer House, right? So right. this was Lindsay's this party. Is, and, I, and this is all started by Hannah, by the way. I'm not sure, but it was well, Lindsay's party. no, birth- really. No, they did do theme nights before Hannah. But yeah. I think I not- started noticing it and how annoying they're only after Hannah showed up. But it's fine. Yeah. And then they really like ran with it during COVID. Yes. During the COVID mansion. Right. So now they keep it going. Yeah. It's Lindsay's birthday weekend. Okay. It's a hub house birthday weekend. Why would you mar such a beautiful day with Austin Crow? Okay. It's her party. Mm-hmm. It's her birthday. And it's her guest. Oh. Man, I know. Lindsay. I know. I mean, like she I mean, this to, is why she, she would wanted be a to shoe re-kiss, in for New York. She wanted to re-kiss that frog just one last time before she kissed the prince. I have no idea why she would do this. but I don't understand why Sonia goes after Harry Dubin, and I don't understand why Lindsay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is like a, she's like a real shoo-in for New York. Like, in the yeah. next generation of Real Hustles of New York, I guess, like, the sloppy guy that everybody open-mouth kisses is going to be Austin Kroll and not Harry Dubin. <laughs> disgusting so the big thing that happens this episode is that Lindsay has her birthday party there's like tension between sierra and Lindsay from jump so she keeps saying like austin's coming he's probably gonna sleep in my room and sierra gets upset and when austin gets there she's like by the way austin you're not staying in Lindsay's room and he's like why and she's like because she said that you're sleeping in his room in her room and I'm telling you, you're not, which was like really fucking weird of Sierra. Mm-hmm. And then 
the first night he gets there, everybody else is having dinner at home, but Lindsay and Austin go to a bar. And at the dinner at home, Sierra tells the whole table, I'm claiming Austin, basically. She's like, he's definitely not staying in Lindsay's room. And they're like, why? And she's like, because I said so. (laughs) I'm like, okay. And then Luke, out of nowhere, points out that there's a double standard. He's like, why is it okay? Like, why do you care? And she's like, because I do. And he's like, okay, so, but you didn't think about my feelings when you were hooking up with Austin in Vermont. And you made me feel like shit last year. You called me a fuck boy last year because I texted you while there was like stuff going on with Hannah. Isn't that a bit of a double standard? Yeah. That you're doing that, but then you're totally fine with Austin being out at a bar with Lindsay right now. And then you want him to come back and sleep in your room. Yeah. She was like, stop acting like you're the victim here. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, Luke is a dodo bird, but he makes a great point. I am getting around to liking Luke a lot more. Maybe because I met him and I sniffed him. Maybe because he smells great. He smells great. And his chest was welcoming. So maybe that's (laughs) okay. It was a very small chest. It was. It was the size of about a cutting board. Yeah. But firm. (laughs) But firm. Like Like a cutting cutting, board. Like a cutting board. Yeah. (laughs) You know... So, but the best part is they're arguing and he says, like, there's a bit of a double standard. And this is like little Paige sometimes says some great stuff. Paige goes, men don't have a lot of double standards. You could have this one. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, happy women's empowerment day. (laughs) See there, you have to find those nuggets. (laughs) (laughs) You you have to find those little nuggets of empowerment. (laughs) Then... At the same time, Lindsay and Austin are out at a bar and Austin's like, hey, I just like I'm trying to have a good time this weekend and thank you for inviting me for your birthday. And I hope Sierra doesn't say anything because she also told me not to sleep in your room. And of course, this really activates Hub House. And she says, wow, what an insecure little girl. And I was like, you know, little girls are really having a moment on Bravo right now. I know. (laughs) That's true. Is that Joe Gorga's new- a little bitch girl. Well, yeah. <laughs> Whitney's <It's>, little girl. <laughs> yeah. Some, and now somebody, Sierra's little girl. Somebody make an alcoholic drink named Little Girl. <laughs> we'll have a full circle. <laughs> okay. If somebody made an alcoholic beverage named Little Girl, it would have to be Mary Cosby. Right? And she should own it. She should be like, no, that's my phrase. Yeah, exactly. And if you use it, I'll send Jesus after you. No, she really <laughs> should. That's yes, exactly. Uh, it would not be a little drink, though. It would be a pasta of some kind. Oh, <laughs> for the Italian luncheon. Yeah, because of her Italian lunch, and she was like obsessed with Italian food. It was such a bizarre lunch, and I forget. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone meets up at a bar afterwards, and immediately Austin and Sierra start canoodling. Austin calls Sierra a Jezebel, and I was like, that's like calling her a prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. How do you know your literature, sir? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but also, you know, Austin came to the summer house knowing fully well that he was going to hook up with two women. Yes. Like, he came in knowing that he had two women who would fight over him. Like, yeah. th- these women are just giving him an ego boost that he doesn't need. And yeah. they, they shouldn't be doing that. I don't understand why they would. Ugh. I just think it's because he's tall. Tall cannot be the only reason. Girls apparently do dumb fuck shit around tall men. I wouldn't know because mm. my husband's like 5'7". 
No. I don't think it's just Your husband height. is tall. He's tall, but, it, you know, he's also a hypochondriac, as we <laughs> established, established early before we started recording. And he has so many other faults, but I, I can only see his faults. I don't know. I don't see his height anymore. <laughs> After no, 20 here's... years. After 20 years, all I can see is faults. <laughs> okay, here's my question. <laughs> when you're seeing the fault, mm. do you sometimes go, at least he's tall? <laughs> No, I say at least he's got a cute butt. That's what oh. I'm looking at. Yeah. But I don't think Austin has a cute butt. No. So I don't know. I find <laughs> nothing enticing about Austin. Nothing. Nothing. I don't Not understand it. I just... feel like he probably stings. I I think he's unhygienic. Okay, uh, I know that he does because Sierra even points it out. Oh. But she still like gets into bed with him afterwards. Ew. Yeah. We also know that Sierra doesn't get bothered with stuff like that. Yeah, she doesn't. But because Austin and Sierra immediately start to canoodle. Now, here's the thing. The editing was a little weird. And it shows Lindsay being like, can someone tell me what the fuck is going on right now? I want to go home. But like, we don't actually see her say those words. Mm -hmm. We just hear her say those words. And then everybody goes home. But I'm like, Uh. I don't believe you, Bravo, that like Lindsay actually got upset about that. It was clear that Bravo was trying to make make it seem like Hubhouse was a lot angrier than she was, but I have a feeling that she wasn't that angry. Hmm. Did Hubhouse ask Kroll to be in her room to keep him from Sierra so there would not be any mess or to actually sleep with him? That's the other question. I think she just wants to fuck him. Okay. But she wants to be the one to fuck him. Yeah. She's just trying to like get some dick. She's just trying to like just confirm some dick on her birthday. I think that's all it is. That's, yeah. I can see That's all it is. I don't think it's like a very like I'm doing this to piss Sierra off. I think it's a I'm doing this because I just need some guaranteed dick on my birthday. He did promise to look front to back last year. So maybe that's No, no, no. Because oh. what you're thinking of is what we saw in the trailer where right. somebody said, Austin said to someone, I'm going to eat you from front to back. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It was to Sierra. <gasps> yes. Because what happens is they all go home and everybody's yeah. like getting into bed and Sierra goes to Austin. First, she tells him, you stink. And then they're like hanging out on the bed. And he says, I'm going to eat you from front to back. Take mm-hmm. off your clothes. And she goes on camera and she points to the camera and yeah. he goes, oh, fuck. And then she's like, go to bed. And she tucks him in and goes to sleep in her own room. I am glad there were cameras in this room. (laughs) I'm glad you remembered. Yeah. My sister just walked in and she's like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? (laughs) I can't even, I don't, I wouldn't even know where to explain to her where this starts. Well, there was a show (laughs) called Southern Charm. Very racist, problematic. Yes. There was once a man named Andy Court who hired racists <laughs> on show. Uh, uh, <laughs> so the next day, everyone's like setting up this Lindsay party. Lindsay's party theme is like twisted fairy tale fantasy birthday. I want that party theme for my birthday. Yeah. Twisted fairy tale fantasy. What I loved about this party is there is a tequila truck and a make your own sandwich bar. Wow. <laughs> Lindsay's so funny. <laughs> Lindsay is so perfect. First of all, 
I want her to be my best friend. First of all, tequila is my preferred drink. Yeah, and you love sandwiches. I love sandwiches, but I love to make my own sandwiches because I'm very particular about what I put in my sandwich. Yeah. And I like certain things in certain proportions. Like when I go to a Subway mm-hmm. or, you know, any make your own sandwich, make, make a sandwich place, even like Panera, I give them like too many instructions. You're like, let me just get back there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My husband and I are very similar in that aspect. He will literally lean over the counter and he'll be like watching them. He'll be like, he put too much. <laughs> they must love you at Panera. Oh. <laughs> I don't do that. I just give instructions up front and I stand back. But he will like go and stand at the counter and he'll watch them make the sandwich. Like watching them make the sandwich is part of his pleasure. Yeah. It's like eating it. But that's what I'm like, make your own sandwich. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So everybody's having a great time. And by the end of the party, Lindsay and Austin are making out. And Sierra uh... I know. I know. So that's the real big tension in Summer House right now. The other thing is I think Craig and Paige are definitely like just leaning towards being together. We had like a scene where Craig visited Paige and that was it. And um, oh, Kyle is now considering a prenup and that's going to add another you know open up another can of worms with amanda he had three years to consider a prenup and he didn't yeah like you had three years lover boy didn't really take off until the pandemic so yeah. you could have done a prenup after you got engaged yeah but now he's doing a prenup with her and it's a mess that's it but it sounds like austin came thinking he could hook up with two people one of them rejected him because there were cameras in the room yeah and so now he's asking to hook up with the other one yeah i hope she kicks him out i hope they it's both just kick so him stupid. out. i want to see a takedown of austin i think i would enjoy watching a takedown of yeah but i I think what's going to end up happening is that instead the women will take each other down i mean this is remember this is last summer and in in fall of 2021 is when austin went on watch what happens and like embarrassed the shit out of Lindsay. yeah so he's a piece of shit yeah the mid-season trailer is giving us a lot of like what happens with Lindsay and carl Hmm. and that i'm looking forward to yeah i don't care about this yeah i don't care about this yeah but the only good thing about this part is that it will lead to sierra and danielle fighting that's exciting. Oh, why? She's going to throw a glass of wine at Danielle. <gasps> I know. Not our Danielle. Not our Danielle. No. Okay, let's talk about the Salt Lake City reunion. What's happening? Is everyone's attacking Lisa? Yes, but for good reason because Lisa Barlow's bad at lying. <laughs> Lisa Barlow wants to be I sometimes identify with her because she does shit but she does it with the she wants to also be a good person she doesn't want that impression of her to be she wants everybody to think good of her not fun of her she doesn't want to be the fun person in the room she wants to be considered the good person in the room like the person that cares for everybody. But she goes about doing everything shitty. Yeah, but she's like premise. manipulating people into thinking that she's a good person. Exactly. So people only notice the manipulation. They don't see the intention behind it. The fact that she needs to be known as a good person. Yeah, but I think that that's bad. I know. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> with it. I'm just saying I get it. I'm not saying. Yeah. I'm not saying. Yeah, it's a it's mm-hmm. a terrible thing to do. Mm-hmm. And it mm-hmm. actually backfires almost all of the time. Every single time. But I it's... also think that she cannot help it. That's her. That's her. <laughs> One thing I love about Lisa Barlow is when anybody is talking, she's listening. Mm-hmm. Her eyes blink so much that I'm like, I'm not sure you even see the person you're looking at. 
It's a different kind of blink blink than Teresa because Teresa's blink blink is I'm not following. Lisa Barlow's blinking is like, I'm not listening. She's very internally focused in the moment, maybe because she doesn't want to cry on camera or she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to lose her train of thought. But she's also at the very same time, because she's a smart woman, she's trying to see where are the, where are my threads that I can pull to sort of escape the situation. So she's like so much in her head that she's not really listening to anybody. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. She's like yeah. coming up with a defense of whatever yes, it is that the other person yes, is saying. Yes, yes, yes. So we opened up on, you know, Lisa Barlow talking about the Fresh Wolf event and her relationship with Jen Shah. She says, you know, I love you, Jen Shah, as unpopular as it is or whatever. And Jen is like, you you need to stop putting a disclaimer on my name. Lisa's like, okay, I'm sorry for doing that. I love you. Yeah. And then, dun dun, Meredith Marks Esquire approaches the stand. <laughs> She says, Lisa, I have a question. When this fresh wolf thing came up at Mary's luncheon and Jen got upset, did I have your back or not, Lisa? Yes, you did. No further questions. (laughs) But that's, yeah, that happened last week, right? You told me this. No, this is the second time she did it. Oh, the same thing again. Oh, it's the same thing. Like, did I have your back? Did I have your back in the second occasion? Oh, wow. Yes. She says she's so crafty. (sighs) And then Andy asked Jenny a stupid question. I don't really care about Jenny because she doesn't really answer or own anything. They're like, why didn't you defend Lisa on the bus when the women were going to Zion and talking shit about her? And Jenny basically doesn't say anything. They asked Lisa, why did you talk to Mary about what Whitney says, but not really own what you were saying about Mary's church Mm -hmm. being a cult? And Lisa, she's a very entertaining person because she deflects. She's like, no, I I did. I talked to her a lot. You guys didn't get all of it on camera. I talked to her a lot, but you guys didn't see it. I asked her all, I asked her all kinds of questions. Like I asked her if she smokes pot because that's not a lot in her church. And everybody's looking around like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. Andy points out the fact that Lisa has a lot of off camera conversations. This is important to remember, much like Meredith's questions for later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. We're piecing together a murder mystery here. Uh-huh. They bring up Meredith's father's memorial and they all point out like Meredith points out that all of this started because essentially Lisa's an idiot it's like what we pointed out which is like Lisa called Meredith hung up the phone and said oh she's with her family at the memorial right now but Meredith never said on the phone I'm at my father's memorial Meredith says I was in a bathtub yeah Meredith said it I was in a bathtub (laughs) and Lisa says no, you said I'm at my father's memorial and then I put the call on speaker. And Meredith's like, what are you talking about? Why would I say that when I was in a bathtub? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like so annoyed with Lisa that she's like, that's enough. Like, I don't even want to talk about this anymore. I think Lisa made an assumption that she was still at the memorial and that she that's why she'd gone there and that's where she was. It might have been the previous day. And currently she was in the bathtub, but Lisa made assumptions and then Heather and Whitney took it as fact and then ran with it. All three of them ran with it. Yeah. They take a break because I guess it's lunchtime and immediately Lisa starts to whisper to Meredith, Meredith, I didn't call you because they feel like it would be better to say it to everybody at once where I was. Do you know where I was? And Meredith's like, I don't know. And I don't know what I know, but you need to stop making excuses. We're done. And she walks away. So it becomes very clear 
A couple of things about Lisa Barlow. She uh, loves to have off-camera conversations. She mm-hmm. loves to call people when they're not filming. Mm-hmm. And she does this every time so that when the filming does start, she gets to just make up her own thing. And I think she also has like one-on-one conversations mm-hmm. so she can prep each group, each person to whatever narrative she wants to have. It's, you know, I am a project manager and my number yeah. one thing on any of my project is we do not have siloed conversations. Mm. This is what happens when you have siloed conversations. Mm. Somebody is ends up being a snake and like running with their own shit. Yeah. Lisa also this is when like, you know, in the trailer where they showed Lisa walking away and crying to the producers saying like it was so messed up what you guys put that hot mic rant in and you knew that mm-hmm. it would make me look bad and she's yeah. going off about it. Yeah. They also show her like call the producer and it was just like you know that whoever her producer is she calls them all the time to complain like lisa feels like somebody who's constantly on the phone with production yeah and it doesn't go anywhere like somebody walks in to try to film that and she's like you need to walk away and leave me alone i'm like lisa you you forgot again that your mic is on yeah forgot yeah forgetting that your mic's on because you're stupid they come back from break they talk about mary apparently everybody on the cast except for jenny has gotten like a nasty text from mary including meredith Mm. then they get into mary's cult and they ask the women who have attended mary's church do you think that mary's church is a cult and meredith says no whitney says when i attended the church i did not think but now i have questions and jen Shaw, mm-hmm. you know, Jen Shaw, very likable at this reunion. She says, I think every church is a cult to some extent. Pause there. What I did not, the only piece of information I did see was that Jen Shaw's case or whatever, her hearing has moved, right? Yeah. From March to some somewhere else. And that she was using a defense. She was trying to use a defense of her religion and Mormonism and Muslim religion. She wanted to make a statement about it and her culture to the jury, to the judge, to the court before she went on stand. And the, sometimes the judge allows that, but this time the judge said no well what would her statement be about being more i don't know i don't know maybe it is about that you know it's all a cult every religion is a cult and <laughs> she was part of a cult and she got brainwashed i don't know <laughs> like, but that's what? What like she wanted to establish uh, she, her culture was different and that she was mormon and she was also she grew up mormon but she was muslim now and for some reason, she wanted to put her background up there before they went to trial or something. I'm unclear on what any of that means, but I'm unclear on most things. Well, I, I saw it on Bravo Docket. Go and read that out. But she okay. tried to do that. No, it wasn't Bravo Docket. It was Ronald, whatever his oh, name Oh, if it's Ronald, I'm not following that. <laughs> that man, he makes up... Until the Bravo Docket reports on that, I'm ignoring it. I'm going to choose to ignore it. So they asked Jen, like, what was it like when you were at that church? And she says, look, it was a Mother's Day tribute. And the only people they were tributing was Mary. Like, everything that they were doing very Mm -hmm. much seemed like they were worshiping mary Mm. and jenny says the most interesting thing which is which is why is mary's church so interesting that we're even talking about it and i was like if i didn't know that you were racist i'd say hey jenny that's a great point but now that i know you're racist i know you're basically asking that because you don't want to talk about mary anymore you want to talk about yourself right (laughs) the intentions make such a difference don't they such a big difference it's like it really changes up totally changes 
So anyway, like Heather's like, well, we're talking about her church because Lisa brought Cameron on camera. Mm. And Lisa's like, Cameron has nothing to do with this conversation. We can remove him completely, which is like, again, Lisa, how dumb do you think everybody is? You literally brought him on camera to bash Mary's church. But she could say that Cameron is has passed on and he's not here to defend himself or clarify things i would respectfully will not want to bring him into the conversation you if you could reframe the question in a different way i'd appreciate it or something of that sort but cameron does have a part in this conversation one would think that lisa would do that because she does start talking about him Mm -hmm. and she does say he passed away he was really young he had a brain tumor it was very sad Mm -hmm. and then rather than saying what you just said which would have been the smartest thing to do she mm-hmm. totally starts to talk about him. Then again, Meredith Marks Esquire mm-hmm. approaches the bench. Okay. <laughs> was Mer- was Cameron on the board for Foster Care Utah? And Lisa mm-hmm. says yes. And everybody starts looking at each other like, no, he wasn't. And yeah. then Lisa says, well, he was in the process of being on the board. <laughs> yeah. Because remember, Cameron came to that event to have yeah, that casual conversation with Meredith yeah. because he was part of this organization. Yeah. He was never part of that organization. Yeah. Meredith asks, did Cameron really give Mary $300,000? Yeah. And Lisa stammers and says, I got the numbers wrong. He had an expensive house when he passed. Meredith says, Lisa, you told me flat out on camera that he did not donate $300,000 to Mary. You told me it was about 10% of that and Mary told me the same. And Lisa's like, "Uh, I may have gotten it wrong. I said he mortgaged his house and it may have been a $300,000 house or a $300,000 mortgage. Like, yeah. that is, oh, Lisa, those are two totally different things. I know. And then Meredith says, yeah, but you didn't correct it. You didn't go to the group and correct it. You let everybody run with it on worldwide television. Yeah. Yeah. They ask Lisa, like, why are you, why did you get mad that Whitney went to Cameron to get the story when you're the one that brought him on camera? Yeah. And Lisa says, I didn't think that was an appropriate thing to do. I thought it was like, if you really want information on Mary, you don't have to do that. You can just go online. But if you want to read some text and she puts on these like readers and she pulls out printouts of Textuses. Now, again, a decent thing to do would be to say, I don't want to talk about Cameron because he's passed on. I don't think it's fair. I may have gotten some information wrong that he had told me. I may have misconstrued. That's on me. I made a mistake, right? Yeah. Similarly to she could have said the same thing about the father's memorial. I heard wrong. I made a mistake. But instead, Lisa Barlow puts on readers and pulls out texts from a man who is no longer alive and hands them over to Andy And then Andy's reading it. It's like the whole thing is a mess. Heather's like, I don't think that it's right for you to like give a voice to this man. Like he's passed on. Why are we even doing this? And everybody's disgusted. And you would think that like this is enough and it'll just pass. And Mary's not even there. So Mary's not there. Cameron's passed on. It's just so icky. The texts Mm. don't really say anything. Andy says all this really says is that I didn't say anything to Whitney. Mm. And then Whitney, of course... Like Whitney admits, I don't know when it was, it was first episode of this one, but Whitney admits that Lisa Barlow is really good at manipulating and she takes the bait every time. Mm -hmm. She keeps taking the bait, even in this situation, like everyone's disgusted by what Lisa is doing. And Whitney then opens up her phone and starts reading her texts with Cameron. Like Cameron already seems to be saying that he didn't say anything to Whitney. Whitney could have said, there you go. He never said anything to me. Or, yeah, you know, but again, Whitney takes the bait. Ah, uh, 
And then Whitney says that it turns out that Cameron met Lisa through Angie. That Angie mm. popping up in all these conversations. So Angie gave Whitney Cameron's phone number. Yes. And Whitney says that in her conversations with Cameron, it seemed like he was very much ready to tell the truth about the church, that the church worships Mary. <laughs> this is, I wrote an exact quote, but Whitney, because it was so funny. He wanted to tell everyone that the church worships Mary. And we saw in a later episode that that woman said Mary was a facsimile of God, which is an exact copy is the definition. <laughs> oh, Whitney, you looked up facsimile, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. I was like, you didn't know what facsimile was. She was, she's young. She was born after the age of facts. No, she's older than me. She knows about facts. <laughs> Clearly, she's never watched any Karen Huger. <laughs> no, she hasn't. She doesn't know what a fax machine is. Oh my God, today to I paid a bill, a medical bill. Yeah. And I had to pay it over the phone. And I was like, oh, will you guys send me a receipt? And they were like, yeah, would you prefer it over email or fax? And I was like, fax. Like, I literally said out loud, fax. <laughs> And they were like, oh, sorry. <laughs> Would you prefer email? I was just like laughing. I was like, who has a fax machine? Companies do. Companies still copy or machines still have a fax yes, feature. They do. Yes. So you can That's true. if you want. <laughs> anyway, they mentioned something about Whitney says something that Cameron told her that he and Mary did have a relationship when he was younger and that he felt taken advantage of, which I thought was like, ugh, like, why are we again? Mary's not there. Cameron yeah. has passed. Why are we talking about this man's potential confession to you that like kind of makes Mary sound like a predator? Like, it's not yeah. good. Yeah, and he had a relationship with her when she was younger, which is okay. I mean, not maybe not when she was married, maybe before she was married. You don't know the difference. It's just weird. Whenever the church stuff comes up, all they say is like people have reached out to us and confirmed to us what we know to be true about, like mm. what we think about the church. And I'm like, but the internet is full of a lot of fucking weirdos. Like yeah. anybody can go online and anybody can say stuff. And I'm not saying that Mary's church doesn't concern me, but it's just very easy for anybody to pretend to be anybody to say anything yeah. about disparaging right. about anyone on television. You right. know what I mean? This is just making Mary look ickier. She's not even in on the show anymore. She's refused to come. I'm glad she did now that you watch all this. You're like, okay, it's a good thing she didn't come because this would have just dragged on and on and on yeah Ugh. it's a mess they talk like they suddenly do remember i told you they keep doing these abrupt changes mm -hmm. they did an abrupt change to talk about the kids of salt lake city and i was just like i'm not writing a single note about this they went from mary and all those icky conversations to kids <laughs> correct correct and then they finally land on the Lisa versus Meredith, all of that. Mm. Um, They're asking everyone, like, why, especially they asked Jen, you know, you kept telling Lisa that Meredith wasn't a good friend to her. Why do you say that? And Jen is like, well, because it was very obvious that Lisa was upset that Meredith was close to Mary. And Lisa seemed so bothered, but nobody would ever talk about it. Lisa seemed really upset. And mm -hmm. no one would ever, ever talk about it. So I felt like I wanted to talk about it. And Lisa says, I was never hurt that Meredith had a close relationship with Mary. Mm -hmm. And Heather's like, 
yeah, you were so upset that you called her a fucking garbage whore. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And Lisa's like, no, I got upset because whenever I express my feelings, people say I'm offended. Remember we pointed that out? Yeah, exactly. I was upset that Meredith said, it's offensive that you say no one has your back. Yeah. So Meredith says, what triggered that tirade was that you got upset that I didn't take your side against Mary. You went in a rage about how could Meredith be offended about your feelings. You're entitled to your feelings. I'm entitled to mine. And then Andy, little Andy Cohen has been watching this case unravel Mm -hmm. as Meredith has approached the bench multiple times. And he says, Mm -hmm. and... Meredith, you have been pointing out throughout the night when you think that you've had Lisa's back. I'm like, <laughs> okay, Andy, good to know okay. this one time you were paying Finally, attention. Judge, Judge Andy's like, oh, I got that. I got that. Wait, I, got it. I got it. I've been following I along. It. I got it. I've been following along. I got it. Editors, the editors pop up each time Meredith has asked yeah. these questions and they call them exhibits. <laughs> But like Meredith is like, look, there's there's never a good enough reason to go mm-hmm. on a tirade like the one that Lisa did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Le- Meredith brings up again like that she was in a lot of pain. She was going through a lot of stuff with her family. The Shabbat dinner that she had in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. was because her father was sick. She was really upset. And Lisa came over and she didn't want to even talk about what was going on with Meredith. All she wanted to talk about was her like obsession with making Meredith and Jen friends. Mm. She starts to cry because she's like, you know, my father was dying and I needed my friend and you were never there. And then Heather chimes in and she says, well, Meredith, my dad had passed and Lisa texted me and said, I hope he's feeling better. (laughs) I know. And then Lisa's like, no, I didn't. No, I didn't do that. And Heather then like immediately retracts and says, Lisa, I'm not saying this to try to attack you. I'm just saying I understand how Meredith feels. I'm like, Heather, what is the purpose of saying something like that if it is not to attack Lisa? But also I think Heather is, I I think Heather is trying to point out that this is Lisa's MO. Yeah. And that she is, she doesn't care enough to pay attention to what the details of what you're going through is. So uh, Lisa had her storyline trying to get Meredith and Jen together and the Mary stuff. And she wanted to go against Mary. That was a storyline. And then Meredith called her to her house to talk about her father and Meredith's storyline. Lisa paid no attention. She had no time for that. Yep. She was very hyper-focused on her own stuff. And she did not even notice her friend was suffering and yeah. had some real issues to talk about. And that's what Heather is pointing out is that my father had actually passed and Lisa didn't even notice that. Didn't pay attention well, guess to the what? details. Oh. Guess What's what? up? Don't tell me now I have to flip-flop again. This is a roller coaster. <laughs> yes. I'm like trying because, to understand each person's perspective. Lisa, Lisa posted a text message with yeah. the dates. She yeah. she texted Heather two days before Heather's pa- father passed away, said, I hope he's feeling better. Heather responded very kindly to that. Then the day that Heather's father passed, Lisa texted again saying, I'm sorry about your loss. Oh man, so Lisa did pay attention, and Heather is full of bullshit. Team Lisa, I, mean, I again. understand. I understand. I'm like, I was for a second, I was group. team 
Heather and Team Meredith. Now I'm Team Lisa again. Yeah. Well, no, nah, so. don't be Team Lisa for too long. Don't worry. Yeah. But, you know, Meredith says, regardless of how you might feel about me, you knew how I w- what I was going through. You knew as a person, as a friend, what I was going through. And I was very vulnerable and open to you. The fact that you had that shit to say about me behind yeah. doors yeah. is really fucked up. Like, that's yeah. really, really sad. Yeah. And she's crying. And Lisa gets super duper defensive to the point where Andy has to be like, Lisa, Lisa, this is this is not landing with her. And Lisa says, it's landing with me. (laughs) Lisa's just talking to herself. She's trying to convince herself that she's not a bad person. Yes. Yes. And that she's indeed a good person. And she really cares for Meredith. She did everything, all of this, because she cares for Meredith. Meredith is just not noticing. It's Meredith's fault that she's not noticing all the good Lisa's done and focusing on the bad. So it's not bad enough that, like, Meredith is already crying and Lisa's getting so defensive. Andrew Joseph Cohen decides, you know what? I'm just going to read the whole text. (laughs) I'm going to read the whole quote. And then he sits there and he reads the entire thing. So I thought he was the judge. He's a court reporter then. He's (laughs) He's a court reporter. Honestly, (laughs) I'm not even sure what he is. He's like, okay. So he's like, let me read what was said before. Let me scroll back. (laughs) Pull up the file. (laughs) And then... Meredith says, if you feel that way about me, like that's one thing, but like the hatred and the anger that you're coming, that came with that delivery, that's the thing that hurts the most. She's like, you don't want to be around Jen because Jen yelled at you and your kids heard it. How do you think my kids feel? Yeah. And then Andy, such a, Andy's such a fucking messy little bitch. (laughs) Andy's a little bitch girl. Andy says, do you think she's a whore? Do you think that she's fucked half of New York? And, and Lisa says, Lisa says, Andy, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? And Lisa says, I do not think she's fucked 4.2 million people. <laughs> relationships with that girl yeah and then Whitney adds more fuel to the fire and she says Meredith like I just want you to know what she said behind camera she has said to other people before like we have heard her say stuff like that when we weren't filming yeah and Whitney point throws out this girl Sarah Jane Warner she's like you should call Sarah Jane Warner isn't she so isn't that the woman that was in the first, uh, in the last the season? Q, the QAnon girl? Yeah. I think so. I think her name was Sarah. I don't know if it's the same one. Wow. But Whitney, yeah. throwing, Whitney throwing out middle name and everything? That's <laughs> I think I think this is like a thing. I feel like Utah is a state where like girls have two names. 
<laughs> so Lisa says, listen, I'm really sorry. I regret it. I just, I thought I was alone when I was ranting. I was really upset. It was a culmination of like a whole year where I felt like Meredith was just like judging me. And like even Jen Shaw, Jen yeah. Shaw has to stop and be like, hey, Lisa, this is not working. Like whatever yeah. you're doing, this apology that you're working on, yeah. this is not working. You need to like be softer and like relax and like Ooh, be- someone's been going to a, a therapist to prepare for trial. <laughs> yes. I'm like, even Jen Shaw thinks that you're coming at this way too hard. They ask the women, do they are they sad about like seeing this yeah. happen? And Whitney's like, I mean, I'm sad, but I'm not surprised that this happened because like we all saw it coming. And I think they're saying that because they know that Lisa talks shit. Yeah. So then Lisa gets really angry and she says, well, if you guys all saw it coming, then Heather, why did you tell me when we were out horseback riding that you felt like Meredith wasn't my friend? And Heather's like, I didn't say that. And then they like roll the tapes immediately. And like Heather did say that. And then Heather has one of the most twisted roundabout ways of really putting Lisa Barlow down. And it's, it's so confusing. She says, She says to Lisa, I never felt for you. I never felt any compassion for you. I never saw your point of view about how you felt. Mm -hmm. But I did see the way that Meredith didn't show up for you the way I blindly show up for this one. And she says points to like Jen. And Jen again is like, hey, why does everybody keep doing this? (laughs) Why does everybody keep being like, we all put up with this piece of shit. But Heather says, I compared the kind of friend I am to Jen to how Mm. Meredith was being to you. And I saw that there was a huge difference. And I thought, okay, well, maybe then Lisa has a point. And then she was like, Heather went on this whole thing of like, oh, I came to the stage today to defend you, to help you. But the thing is, you're unwilling to apologize in a way that is genuine, which is true. But I'm like, Heather, you had no interest in defending Lisa. Like, shut the fuck up. So Heather is saying the right things, but she's also being fake about herself yeah. her own yeah stuff. it's all bullshit yeah lisa's like listen i'm i'm just trying to explain my behavior and i feel like i'm being crucified for that one moment and then she starts being very vicky gunvalson she's like yeah. you all want to crucify me should i cut my wrists like it's so psychotic like it's too yeah. much and whitney's again like so far jen has told her calm down andy's told her this isn't landing. Whitney tells her, hey, maybe like just stop talking and just yeah. listen. Yeah. So then Lisa turns to Meredith and says she's genuinely sorry and she regrets saying these words. And Meredith is like, well, I just saw this like two days ago because they yeah. get all of the episodes right before reunion. Yeah. And she was like, I'm still processing. I'm devastated about everything, but like I'm still processing. Yeah. They asked Meredith about the what she meant at the finale when she was like, oh, I'll tell everybody who slept with everyone. Yeah. And Meredith is like, I'm just saying I have a lot of information and I can use it if I want to. So yeah. like, I know things about everyone, so I just wish everybody would leave me alone. She had a private investigator. I'm sure yeah. there's stuff about everybody. Yeah. If I ever get asked to be a real housewife, that's going to be my move. Get a private investigator, investigate all the shit out of all of them, and then say yes. Yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> and Andy's like, well, there's a rumor that you and Jen dated the same person. Mm-hmm. And Meredith says that she, as far as she knows, her husband is the only person she has been with in the last two years, but she will mm. not speak for Jen. I'm like, you know, Meredith Marks, you're really pulling mm. into your old attorney ways. You're really yeah. choosing your words carefully. <laughs> and she's like, Jen can speak for herself. And Jen is mm. like, it's not true. They all say on the stage they've all heard the same rumor. Don't they ask her where she got off in the cab from Heather's? No. They don't ask her about that. Oh they don't God. ask her about saying that there's internal bleeding in coach. Yeah. Yeah. They don't ask about any of that. But oh. it's so silly because they're all like talking about everybody's heard rumors about everyone. And Jenny mm-hmm. tries. Jenny's like, did you guys hear anything about me? And they're like, no, Jenny. Nobody even fucking notices that you're there. Shut up. Yeah, we did. We haven't checked out your Facebook page yet. Don't worry. Yeah, the whole, at this point, the we whole hadn't heard world anything. is gonna. The whole world is gonna learn about you soon. Enough. Yeah, exactly. And then they take a break, and during the break, Lisa comes over to talk to Meredith because <laughs> she doesn't learn her lesson. And Meredith says. Listen, Lisa, I don't think we can talk off camera like this. And Lisa says, can I, can I just say one thing to you before we take off? And Meredith mm-hmm. says, Lisa, I'm not getting into all of this off camera shit. And Lisa <laughs> says, no, 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 no. I just, I wanted to come over here and say I'm beyond sorry. I'm sorry I'm not breaking because I'm like just holding things together. She almost turns into like Ramona in her apology tone. Right, right. Uh, I'm beyond sorry. I didn't mean to hurt Seth. Chloe, Brooks, Meredith's like, you made fun of my whole family. And Lisa's like, this is the best part ever. Lisa says, it's just, Meredith, I had heard from somebody that you were making fun of my renovation and stuff. And I was like upset. And Meredith's like, what did I say about your renovation? Lisa says, that I have a shitty house. And Meredith's like, I didn't talk about your house, Lisa. And Lisa's like, well, that's what I was told. So I was just really upset. And Meredith's like, okay, I said you have an ugly house. And that is enough for you to rip my character to shreds. Oh, my like, God. wonderful. And, like, just walks away. <laughs> I was like, Lisa Barlow will never learn her lesson. No. It's not good to be Lisa Barlow. No. It's it's terrible to be Lisa Barlow today. Because she'll bounce back. She'll bounce back and go back to her old ways. Yeah. The other thing that Lisa's doing now is like she's going online and she's posting all of these text messages between like her and Heather and her and Meredith. And she posts a text with Meredith where Meredith says all this stuff like, please be there for my family, whatever. And Lisa, I guess, responded to it. But Meredith's point was, I needed you to like call me, like pick up the phone, check on Mm. me. And, like, you came to my house for filming and all you wanted to talk about was Jen. Like, Mm. that's Meredith's point. And Lisa is so busy, like you said, trying to prove herself right that she will not stop and think about how her actions make other people feel. Right. But she's so stupid in Mm -hmm. the way she defends herself that it's actually pretty funny. It is super funny. I don't want her to change at all. I want her to be this messy and confusing and confused at all times. I think it's funny. It's hilarious to watch. It's hilarious. You know what it is? It's like the stupidity that we appreciated from Ramona over the years until it became racist. You know? Yes. Yes. That's the stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And that was it. Oh. But it was exhausting. And I just want to request one thing. Don't ever go to a place where you can't watch Bravo while reunions are on. (laughs) (laughs) I will try not to have family issues. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How dare you? Think about me. Um, Yeah. 
I was writing notes for Summer House and then I like looked at my notes for Salt Lake City and I was like, why do I have so many more notes for Salt Lake City? And I was like, all right, because all they're doing is talking at reunions. And like, you have to write everything and down. It's, it's, a, it's a legal back and forth, right? Yes. Yeah. We need a court <laughs> it's reporter. Like point. It's like a point counterpoint. They should actually, if they sold transcripts of oh reunion. Uh, yeah. We would, would be amazing. Them. Ooh, yeah, Bravo, you need to do that. I know. Or Bravo doesn't even need to. We could just get somebody to do it and sell it. Ooh, what if we created an app that would transcribe a show? I feel like that exists. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, isn't that closed captioning? No, but that's not captured somewhere, right? It's not yeah, captured in true. a document. That's true. That would be yeah. amazing. I do wish that somebody could make like a, you know, those like court drawings. Yes. I want somebody to make a drawing of the case against of Marx versus Barlow. <laughs> because it with was just all, so fun. with all the jurors sitting around the little ice hole, ice hole. <laughs> the water hole, ice hole. <laughs> that stupid hole in the middle of the stage is like one of the dumbest things I've ever seen. And you know, like the wall in the back and is this supposed is, to look like. Yeah. yeah. And that stupid hole is the dumbest thing when with Meredith's, uh, her dress. I mean, you even know, it's compared crazy. To that. I haven't even noticed Meredith's dress because the rest of the set is so bananas. There's a wall in the back that's supposed to look like ice. And it just, it looks like somebody took a bunch of like glue and just like spackled it on and like spray painted it. <laughs> It's so ugly. I'm like, you need to relax, Bravo. You can just you be think, in a room. Is it a Brooks Marks creation? I don't even think Brooks could do mm. something like that. Yeah. It's worse than that. <sighs> All right. Well, that's it for this Aww. episode. Ugh, we have the Miami reunion to cover next week. So Ugh. maybe I'll skip it. <laughs> <laughs> if something happens, though, we would have to cover it. Like, if, there, if there's something relevant that comes through it. Yeah. The only relevant thing so far that's coming through from Miami is that Larsa did post a picture of herself from her youth where she has a big old butt. Ooh. I but thought somebody like, posted a picture of her with a flat butt and then her big butt and this this is what a good workout can do for you. Was it yeah. The I mean, piece? look, Larsa, Please just admit that you got some that. injections. Yeah. Just it's fine. It doesn't matter. All right. Well, we'll talk to you on Saturday. Okay. Oh, Saturday. Yes. I'm not going to, I'm just, the episode yeah. drops on Saturday. Yes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what well, Saturday is Friday or it, no, it's Sunday here. I'm like calculating that. Oh, I'm a mess. But I can't wait to get back. I'll be back end of next week. You'll be week. back in 10 days. Yeah. That's it. I can't wait. I can't wait. The reality is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Rody. When you work in quality assurance, perfection comes easy. Tori Tuchilo. When Tori steps on the scene, you are his story. Eugene Henderson. In the game of life, I choose Jeopardy. Maria M. Where I come from, they sing God Save the Queen. The truth is, it's actually me. Becca Simon. If you can't stand the heat, come to Minnesota. Jill Hirsch. Your petty drama can't take this warrior down. Jamie Allrunner. Some people call me cold, but it's not me. It's 
that Minnesota weather, Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jet, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a model, but I'll never be your model minority. Samaj Bledson. The fun bus is here, and I'm driving on the turnpike. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and they're not even on my payroll. Danny McLaughlin. First, I came out, and now I'm coming for everything. Kelly Paper. I may be from down under, but don't ever underestimate me. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Sarah Watkins Bilstein. Playtime is over. This mom means business. Laura Zielinski. Whether it's breast pumping or fist bumping, this mama brings the party. Jill Walsh. I made it up the hill myself and I'll kick any jack off. And finally, diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is.